Welcome to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Williams, joined by co-host Austin Zam Hariri. This week yo, yo, we are yo, on yo. this week we're on at episode 21. Our guest, Dalton O'Neill and David Flores of Greenlight Events. Welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? How you doing, Dalton? What's up, friends? Sounds like we already got some, uh, you know, Zoom difficulties on David's end. Rolling through, uh, rolling through North Dallas. Happy to be here, y'all. It's been an interesting week. We were talking before about the weather. <laughs> it was trying to sleet in Austin today. Wow. Which is, you know, we're almost on the uh, year uh, anniversary of Alaska up here, Jesse. I mean, I know Austin got snow. I saw y'all the snowboarding videos that went viral last February in Austin, but oh, Dallas that was, had with me. <laughs> Dallas had a hell of a snowstorm. You know, yes. Dallas, like, Dallas Texas TV started calling it Alaska, and uh, I mean, I'd be down to run it back just with power this time. Yes, you know, we can keep power. Yeah. Let's run it back cool but we all would i think that's yeah. all we want is just keep the like we don't mind one like we're texan like we can handle we can hundred we can handle 115 degree heat for you know eight days in a row we can handle minus one minus two degree temperatures with snow and all that shit just keep that power on and we're good we're good snow you gotta have those generators man you gotta have that generator i was calling it snowvid this last year had to get an AC system replaced. <laughs> and when the guy came out, he's like, what'd you think of the storm? I was like, oh, you mean Snowvid? Oh, God. Really was Snowvid for sure. Yeah. What Anyways, you- what's going on, guys? How are y'all? Man. Doing good, man. Doing good. Things, uh, things are good. Just caught up with David before this, you know, catching up. It's hard. You know, you work with, with, you work with people and you hardly get to talk to them about how they're doing other than the, the business. You know, it's like we get to the business. What's well, like, well, how are you doing, bro? You know, it's things like that. So uh, just so much has been happening in Austin. I don't know, me and you talk offline, you know, all these events coming up, industries heating up on the politics side of it. It's like people think it's an off, off season, but it's actually when the most stuff happens. Um, yeah, man. yeah, you know, we're there. There's a movement to decriminalize all across Texas. Looks like Austin's finally formally doing it. Right. You know. Uh, San Marcos, can you confirm that already happened? They voted, they didn't vote? No, San Marcos is uh, a ballot initiative that okay. is being spearheaded by Mano Amiga, which is a local Hayes County uh, nonprofit organization, Immigrants' Rights, and they're being, uh, they're getting back channel help from, I think they're getting back channel help from Ground Game Texas, right. um, who is really doing a lot of these across the state. I know Harker Heights has now uh, been a target that they're going for. I'm going to Colleen on Friday, um, where they're proposing a, a, a ballot initiative. It has not been well received publicly. Oh gosh. So um, yeah, it's happening. It's happening. The, the the overflow's coming here. People want their medicine. Uh, you know, they see people like David in Oklahoma out there doing what they want to do, growing their own. Uh, it's just, it's it's mind-boggling here. I mean, Austin, I still can't believe we're in this point. People ask me, it's like, what's happening? And, uh, you know, just <laughs> every other session, let's take another crack at it. Yeah, I mean, um, to be honest with you, so, I mean, just yesterday, we're, you know, Governor Abbott went online and was talking about how he wants, he's like, oh, we shouldn't be arresting people for, low-level marijuana possession he's like i'm trying to like he's like i've been trying to do stuff about that 
Um, but then he incorrectly said that things are a class C misdemeanor, which they're not. It's still a class B. We didn't, no laws have We've changed. We've heard that. We've heard that before, dude. It's primary season. You know? Right. And, primary and well, season. and low key to Governor Abbott's credit, he actually has had done some things at the legislature to try to uh, facilitate that kind of reform. However, um, things change when they get to Senate in the, the Senate and that's where Dan Patrick um, uh, rules. So the rest is history. So, uh, you know, great, could, could governor Abbott do more? 1000%. Uh, is he the actual worst guy? Um, I, I don't think so. You could have the, the, the governor of North Dakota or South Dakota that you know, they voted they voted for it, and she was like, nah, we're going to erase it. It's a big legislative session, though. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on between – because last session, you know, with COVID, they wouldn't really let people in there. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot, dude. You got China buying real estate all around our military installations. Like, you got co- blockchain people trying to move to Texas. They're trying to make Texas blockchain capital of the world. Like, we just want to get caught up with our medical cannabis policy. Like there's other things that uh, we can't even get a coherent medical strategy here. Yeah, it's insane. I think we posted up the other day about how um, it's like somebody went in the dispensary in another state where it's legal and they're like, please, sir, put a mask on. Oh, I'm sorry. We I'm not used to that. Uh, We've got these things called freedoms down in Texas. And it's like, isn't marijuana a felony there? It's crazy. You know, we're like the most free state that's like almost free. Because, uh, I again, I think it's a conservative issue, legalization of cannabis. I've always thought this. Also, when I met you three years ago, I said this. Like, this is a Republican issue. You know, this is grow what you want to in your backyard. Landowners, ranch owners, farm owners. This is agricultural commodity. You know, this, you know but, but it's, we just, they're just, it's just a disconnect. You know, that's why I'm thankful you're carrying the torch and there's other people uh, that have kind of stepped up and we're definitely planning to be back at the Capitol, you know, uh, popping our I'll head never in. forget. So in fact, and this is something, a memory that I share with all three of you. Um, in fact, me and Jesse last session, day one of the legislative session, we were at the Capitol when it was on complete lockdown because they were scared that a Trump riot was going to happen. And, you know, everything it happened, all of this had happened a week after January 6th. So they had a, literally a small military. I mean, we've talked about this on several different episodes, um, but they had a small military at the Capitol uh, on opening day. And that was what me and Jesse got to experience. And plus, you had to get in with the COVID tests and all that. It was crazy. Oh my uh, so that's what me and Jesse experienced last year. In fact, in 2019, the three of us and a whole crew were at opening day. Do y'all remember that? Uh, did we have that after party? Did we have that after party at the German brew pub or? I don't, I don't know if that, I remember, I remember that night we stayed the night, we came in the night before and we all pitched in for a, a, a Airbnb and it was at some two story condo. Nice. And, um, and then we went, all went in the next day, saw everybody's legislators, uh, had lunch right there on, um, on uh, Congress Avenue, right. right across, right outside of the Capitol, and then all drove back. Well, it's it's always unique, you know, because we got one march to go until the next session. It always happens like during South by Southwest. We've got to get our cannabis lobby day at the same time, you know, kill 
three birds with one stone over here. Uh, Cause I think that's when we did it. Wasn't it around March? Well, you, I love it because you've been to the Capitol many times. You can't, you can't, can't remember, remember how you can't true. remember you're, you're merging several different stories. My, um, my testimony uh, is going to be a lot stronger and a lot better next time. Like we're, well, we're I, I will tell you this. One of my active goals is listen, I, there's a lot of conservative legislators who are likely going to be the mass majority of the legislature and control both houses of, of, of the Texas Congress. That's, you know, that's just the expectation par for the course. Right. So if we go par for the course, um, you know, a lot of these guys are against legalization. Right. And they don't they're like they're like, oh, I'm pro medical. I, I want to I want to end arrest, but I'm against legalization, like hardcore against it. Right. And so I think for us as as a community, I think it's our strategy to at least get one of these bills, one of, one of these cannabis legalization bills, quote unquote, or recreational, something like that. I'm not worried about it passing. It's not going to pass. I can already tell you right now. Get it into a committee hearing and let the public come out and testify because then we get something on record and then we have something as ammo that we can use that 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 really will get the ball moving. And that maybe in 2025, then the state of Texas is ready to actually have that conversation. My God, dude, 2025. I can't even imagine here. Uh, I said 2023 a long time ago. That was my guess. You know, I was thinking 2021 maybe, but. 2023 was kind of my fallback. It, again, you can, unless, unless, like I said, unless the governor calls a special session, is like we're going to take care of this issue right now. I see yeah. David over there nodding. No, yeah. no. My folks like him are just getting to Oklahoma. We get it. You know, I mean, I've been on a on a stump saying, "Oh, Texas, this, Texas." That's like, dude, there's so much economic opportunity happening in Oklahoma. Like, I don't, David, David, tell us about Oklahoma, like currently where you're at and what you're seeing on the ground in Oklahoma. Uh, well. First off, uh, I appreciate you guys having me on the show. Uh, it's great to be here with you guys. It's been a while. But um, circling back to the Oklahoma front stuff, you know, right now um, Oklahoma is pretty crazy at this at this moment because they have no caps on licenses out there. And so – that's a good thing, but it's also turned out to be a bad thing, too, because what happened is, is you had a bunch of growers come in, uh, basically about two <clears> times <throat> the amount of growers that there is in California, and there's only 3 million people in Oklahoma. There's 46 million in uh, California. So for us to have double um, – the growers in Oklahoma compared to California, there's just this huge influx of cannabis right now. It's kind of going back to way Oregon was uh, several years back when the market was just so low that, uh, you know, pounds in the legal market were going for like as low as four or $500 a pound. Wow. And Yeah. And so, you know, it's gotten to that point right now where that's what's going on. Saturation, you know, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And so we, you know, I'm actually kind of for uh, limiting license right now because you have a lot of uh, big grows going on out there. There's a lot of illegal grows going on. Um, you know, there's so many licenses and so many growers that OMMA doesn't have uh, a regulatory committee big enough to be able to properly check everybody's facility 
within the um, times that were in the bill uh, in regards to the, the process and the time length that they had to conduct these these inspections. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's been awesome, though. I've enjoyed it. It's been a huge learning experience. You know, uh, um, it's 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 been very humbling. I first came out there to manage a dispensary, and I got to put a lot of my continued medical education to use um, that I had invested in myself prior to uh, going out there. And so really being able to talk with patients, distinguishing the difference between, you know, real patient users, people who really needed it and were trying to find something that worked for them versus, you know, the normal consumer that comes from the counterculture and kind of really already knows what they want, what they're looking for, and they're not looking for any guidance. But, um, you know, I spent a lot of time doing education there with patients and helping them understand the plan as a whole uh, and not just THC and CBD. Uh, and then I had the opportunity to uh, get into my own grow with a couple of friends and some partners. Um, that right there was a pretty, pretty rough learning experience. Um, <clears throat> I know things didn't go down as quite as, as I would hope for, but in the end, there was a lot of good learning lessons from it all, and I, I've taken that, and I've continued to push forward. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that hit us this year when we were growing in Oklahoma is uh, we got, we stuck, kind of went late into the season, and we experienced a lot of humidity. And since we were growing in greenhouses and we didn't have dehumidification, we had some really good greenhouse bud that looked like pretty much like indoor weed. And within a matter of just a couple of weeks dealing with high humidity, I've lost literally over half my crop. Oh, uh, no. With just mold, with mold. So, you know, it was, it was a big learning experience, you know, and um, I'm taking that moving forward and uh, I've been working doing wholesale right now for a couple of other growers and stuff in the space right now. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a journey for sure. You know, you know, I have my story. It's, 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 uh, it's been fun nonetheless. And I'm thankful to be here and I'm glad to be a leader in the space and just impart knowledge with other people out there in the space. Cause there's a lot of people in Oklahoma that really don't know. Uh, how to operate, you know, what they're doing. And I can tell just based by conversations that I'm having and I'm really actually helping a lot of people out at the same time. So, um, yeah, Oklahoma is a good opportunity for now. You know, circling back to the Texas thing and legalization, I don't see Texas turning uh, full legal until after Oklahoma has gone legal and Texas starts to see... The numbers, it's all going to come, it's all about the numbers, in my opinion. It's all about the numbers and the revenue flow. And when Oklahoma opens up and you give, you give them a year, then sure enough, uh, it's going to switch and Texas is going to open up themselves because they're going to want that revenue. Red River stuff. Well, we're going to go yeah. into our first sponsor break here at the Lone Star Collective Podcast. This is episode 21. Our guest, David Flores and Dalton O'Neill of Greenlight Events. We will be right back after this sponsor break. 
service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flower pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta 8, and merch. For more information on their product's quality or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. You know it would be cool if your business was mentioned on a podcast several times an episode. Well, you could have a slot right here on the Lone Star Collective just like the one I'm doing right now. Show your community that your business supports changes to social welfare regarding cannabis in Texas. Inform our audience that you are a supporter of independent journalism and the activism work we put in while informing them about your business. Let your customers know where you are located and what you offer the community. For more information on getting your business mentioned on Lone Star Collective, visit TexasCanaco.com. That's TXCanaco.com. And click the contact tab. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective podcast. Distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Austin Sam Hariri. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. This is episode 21. I'm joined by co-host Austin Zamhereri. We have guest Greenlight Events, which is David Flores and Dalton O'Neill with us this week. Glad to have you guys here to join us for our discussions. Our discussions. I'm happy to I be here. I wanted to touch on the, the, the back end of what David was saying at the last segment about uh, Texas not going legal until after Oklahoma. And uh, I fully can agree with that because Oklahoma already, I mean, they have the ballot initiative system, right? And they've already proven with 788, which was the bill that was, it was the ballot that was uh, voted on uh, by Oklahoma back in 2018 that is now the current or, you know, was the current medical marijuana program so uh, i would agree that uh once oklahoma goes fully legal um then yes texas has something to look at uh we have actually a greater look at that come april 1st when new mexico legalizes and we will be on site in a new mexico and i'm saying it right now we're going to be on site in a new mexico dispensary on april 1st to witness some of the first legalization sales and we're going to show everybody in the world how many texas plates are in new mexico for legalization and how many how much how much money is coming in i don't care if it's from el paso which is where a lot of them are coming from lubbock amarillo everywhere in the panhandle this includes clovis hobbs new mexico clayton new mexico which is that 
you have to go through Clayton to get to Colorado from the Panhandle. So anybody that's ever gone driven Texas to Colorado, you're usually going through the Panhandle. And um, Clayton is that far northern part of New Mexico. So, yeah, we're going to see how Texas is able to handle that. Um, And I will reiterate something that I said at the legislature back in 2000, last year in 2021, that the minute you take I-10 and I-40 west out of Texas, you literally, it's full legal marijuana all the way to the coast. All right. You're going through, you know, I-40 and I-10 all the way through New Mexico, Arizona, and California, and parts of Nevada as well. So, what are we doing? Hey, you know, one thing. I, one thing I want to mention, though, too, all, especially the all those states that you that you just mentioned, and along with Oklahoma, before they moved into their adult use programs, they had good medical programs in place, and yeah. that that's the other key thing for Texas. I think is going to be very crucial trying to move forward with adult use in Texas too, as well as you're going to want the medical program that best suits everybody's needs in the state, uh, you know, before moving into that program, because that's where Oklahoma is right now. You know, there were two, they were two years in and they already had that, that initiative uh, being introduced for, for adult use, but they just didn't pass it yet because the medical program was still getting everything worked out. You know, there's still things being worked out here in the medical program in Oklahoma as we speak, but they've got the program down good enough, you know, and to where it makes sense for them to really start looking at the an, an adult use bill. So uh, I know right now they've got two two bills on the ballot right now coming up um, this session. And uh, I was on the Oklahoman. I'm not sure if you guys have seen that yet. Did y'all see that? It's a couple different questions. I know one is about a tier-based um, licensing structure. Am I correct? Um, well, we already have a tier-based licensing structure, so everything's all broken up. You don't have to be vertically integrated here in the state of Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, maybe I'm reading something different. Yeah, I know there's a couple that are there's a couple different pieces of um, legislation that are being passed around in Oklahoma, and it's real interesting because um, if you the consideration is that if you give Oklahoma uh, other places in the country access to the Oklahoma market specifically North Texas, if you give North Texans access to the Oklahoma medical marijuana market through whatever loophole and or uh, legislation that you pass, that's like 7 million people, 8 million people that now have access uh, in a place that's less than an hour away in, in most areas of the Metroplex. So, um, and that's, you know, it is what it is. You know, I, I can tell you, um, from my experience, Sherman, Texas and Durant, Texas, they're the fucking same place, same exact place. Gainesville, Texas, Thackerville, Texas, where Windstar is, or Thackerville, Oklahoma, where Windstar is, same, same exact place. Lawton, Wichita Falls, same place, you know, so it's just this imaginary line of marijuana prohibition that exists in Texas. And I'm glad you guys are here to help us fight the fight. How would you describe the quality for the medical program up in Oklahoma, David? 
because we had um we had a uh, Zach Vance, Lieutenant Governor candidate that yes. came on the show and was talking about apparently the places where they had this, these great robust medical programs. Then when they went full adult, it degraded the quality of it. And I'm wondering with abundant, how abundant it is in Oklahoma, what the quality is looking like. So, you know, the quality is, is there, but because you have so many, so many producers right now in the space and um, there's more inexperienced people cultivating than there is experience. And I, you know, I, I know a lot of the experienced growers across the space in Oklahoma. They're, you know, they're doing it to scale accordingly. And the people that are, aren't doing it correctly are the ones who are just coming in and just doing these big grows. <clears throat> and that's what's kind of like lowering the quality as, you know, some people might say Oklahoma has, you know, and it's, it's not really necessarily true. It's just kind of, really dependent on where, you know, knowing the farms and the sources from which these, the, uh, this, this cannabis is coming from. So going into adult use, I think what will happen is, is initially probably in the beginning. Yeah. Oklahoma's probably going to get a bad rap because you're going to have a lot of these commercial growers just trying to move a lot of the stuff that just really isn't that really great of quality. But, um, there's a lot of quality going around. You know, I'm, I'm working with several growers right now. Uh, shout out to Gas Giant in, uh, in Oklahoma out there in Davis, my man Marcus. <clears throat> I've been working with him. These guys have some great genetics that they're working indoor. And, you know, the, the demand is out here for sure for, for good quality cannabis. And it's here. It's here. You just got to go to the right dispensaries and, and, and know – because there's like again, there's an influx of, of dispensaries, and a lot of them don't know the right quality to be carrying because they're just trying to get the cheapest stuff to move it out. Might as well be hemp. <laughs> Do what now? I said it might as well be hemp up there. Or some of these Oklahoma people, you know. Well, uh, yeah. Well, it's just you know again because it's a new it's a new state and it's really wild west out there, so. It, it really is. It, to me, it reminds me of California in 96 all over again, you know, and uh, people are able to grow their own here too as well. So and metric, um, they're not using metrics still, right? Or no, no, there's a, there's actually a, a, a suit pending right now between the, the, the state and, and metric because they were trying to uh, the, the state felt like they were trying to monopolize everybody into using metric instead of using these other third party systems that actually integrated with metric as well. So good. Decentralize that shit. Let them know. Yeah. So there where there's no metric at currently, but there, that doesn't mean that it it won't eventually happen. Okay. What's the, what's the testing standard out there? Like, is it like, like is, you know, is it, is there a lot of product out there still that's not like being tested and evaluated properly? Or is there like a, um, a standardization that's emerging in Oklahoma at all? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause you see the shirt that I got on right here. That's a uh, steep hill testing labs. That's uh one, that's one of the companies that, that are out there in Oklahoma right now that, uh, they, you know, they're, they're, 
a national testing lab company and so you know they have accreditations and the consistency of standardization that you're talking about and there's 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 a there's several other ones out here in Oklahoma too that are that have those protocols in place but then there's a lot of them uh who maybe um man I hate to say this but you know I don't I think they're passing a lot of people out here also because um if we had a lot of failures uh then a lot of people wouldn't be coming back and doing business right and that doesn't necessarily mean that the growers know what's going on you know um because the that could be the analytical testing companies coming in and, and manipulating that but when you deal with more reputable companies that have a little bit more long standing history and you know they're able to explain you know that they have their ISO and SOPs and um yeah they they're it's not popular David we t- it's not popular to be mentioned ISO and CGMP around here sometimes you learn you learn certain things about certain brands and retailers pretty fast and i've kind of had to oh, yes i've kind of oh, yes. had to take a step back i mean i remember david and i this is like 2018 we're researching bills we think everybody's kind of out to get texas it's weird i remember all this and uh, david showed me all this research man cgmp we need these isometrics and we're bringing these things to certain brands that are trying to quote unquote help lobby in texas and it's like we think we're doing a, a good service by saying hey we want the best quality and there's certain brands that are like yeah nice but like no you know and but i mean i get it there's certain friends you know that i've got that aren't operating in a cgmp facility right now that are doing the best they can dropping a great pro- product project they've taken over old infrastructure you know so again if you're building a facility from the ground up go for it but uh Man, if you know the investment's not there, we got to sometimes use what we got. So we want clean products, but also being realistic here. Well, we're going to go into our second break here at the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host Jesse Williams, joined by co-host Austin Zamoreri. This is episode 21. Joined by guests Dalton O'Neill and David Flores of Greenlight Events. We will be right back after this sponsor break. Cultivators is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and Lone Star Collective Podcast. Oakcliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flower pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta 8, and merch. For more information on their products quality or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. You know it would be cool if your business was mentioned on a podcast several times an episode. Well, you could have a slot right here on the Lone Star Collective just like the one I'm doing right now. Show your community that your business supports changes to social welfare regarding cannabis in Texas. Inform our audience that you are a supporter of independent journalism and the activism work we put in while informing them about your business. Let your customers know where you are located and what you offer the community. For more information on getting your business mentioned on Lone Star Collective, visit TexasCanaco.com. That's T-X-Canaco.com. And click the contact tab. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective podcast. Distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more. To give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. 
here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Austin Sam Hariri. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. We are on episode 21 of co-host Austin Zamhari, our guest, Greenlight Events, Dalton O'Neill and David Flores. We were just talking about the market in Oklahoma and comparing to what's going on in Texas. And if what, what we could possibly see when adult happens in Oklahoma, full-on adult program. We talked about ISO standards. Dalton brought that up. I think Dalton has a lot on his mind with that. You know, well, I'm not cool about the I was just referring specifically more to the testing standards right now, as far as like analytical testing labs. That way you have that way you have consistency in testing from state to state. Facilities facilities is a different thing. You know, it. it I don't think those things should necessarily be a requirement, but if you're moving toward if you're moving towards a business model that that's dealing with something that is going to be dealing with say global distribution, then yeah, you definitely want to have those types of things in place. If you're going to be shipping products across seas and to Europe and things like that, um, that's why you have to have those things in place. So I think that's kind of what Dalton means, you know, when we're talking about growers, you know, craft growers, it's a diff- that's, a, that's a different story. You know, the smaller scale growers, uh, you know, these and, and these other smaller extraction facilities, I don't think it's really necessary because come that time, you know, there's going to be a huge consolidation. So a lot of people are going to be looking to sell off anyway. So. I mean, if you're looking for pharmaceutical grade, though, you know, it's kind of one of those things. We're in this weird spot where some of these CBD store owners I talk to still think they're going to become a dispensary. And I'm like, okay, there's two different licenses for this, you know, and it's like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen like that. I will say I'm seeing dispensaries with high foot traffic. I could see, let's just, um, I need to smoke for this conversation. So it makes a lot more (laughs) sense. I'll, I'll probably do it right after, but you can imagine a world where, licensing gets opened up in texas let's say there's a shit ton of license out there and if you're a multi-state operator publicly traded cannabis company and you're moving into texas you're looking to blanket the state with as many dispensaries as you can it might make sense to go buy out some of these dispensaries that have high foot traffic and are known for that type of thing so you know it's not always the safest exit plan but again you're selling your business to another business and transfer like you're not getting ownership of that license. You're just selling out your CBD business. So, you know, I'm trying to consult the people that I talk to the best I can. We can't save them all. Um, because I've just completely stopped answering the idiots like on, you know, Facebook and LinkedIn, Instagram, even the people that come at nicely. I'm just like, look, if you're not at this level of understanding how the laws work and the licenses work, you really need to go spend money with an attorney before we, we used to just say, go talk to an attorney. Cause we meant well, Hey, go learn, get educated. But they really got to go get a grasp and under because they won't believe us. We're like, it's like your older or younger brother you don't listen to or older, younger sister. You don't 
oh, why would this random guy understand the licensing? What's going on? Well, dude, you ran into the right one here. And we do know what's going on. And it's, it's just kind of exhausting people that just don't fully get it. But it's also exhausting to have a state that's confused. Is smokable hemp legal? Is Delta 8 legal? We're getting... I posted some depends on the week, bro. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I'm getting seasickness from this, and uh, you know it's it, it's annoying. Um, Listen, because, I'm gonna uh, the, yeah. the, the crazy the one the one thing that I'm like finding that I think is the craziest right now as far as competition is concerned here in Texas, whether you're teacup approved or whether you're part of the hemp program, whatnot. But D9 is everywhere, bro. Mm. Like if you haven't noticed, D9 is everywhere. And it it follows the same same rules as one percent, but at point three percent. And dude, ten milligram D nine is everywhere through every dispensary in North Texas right now. There's not and D eight is still out there too. D eight and yeah, you're seeing D D ten and and THCO and and derivatives THCA and it's it's getting crazy with uh, how these chemists are being able to manipulate the numbers and make them work um you know also there's no enforcement let's and i'm not asking for more yeah. let's just call a spade a spade like exactly i've got him flippers that have never been visited by anybody that don't know what the rules are like right. hey, whatever that's cool like uh so, you know why why, me, why, let, why yeah you go austin i was gonna say to, to to kind of follow up to your point right exactly right there these products, 0.3% THC Delta 9, are legal mm -hmm. under the hemp law. They are right. legal, and they are legal for them to distribute. However, the minute they come out of that package and you do not have that package with you and a police officer catches you with that exact gummy, the moment it see they find that, it is an automatic felony. Wild. All right, if they catch you, right? So we are in this gray area where you have hemp products with Delta 9 THC that are 100% absolutely legal to sell. But then it's on the consumer side for people to use responsibly enough, which that's not going to happen. Of course, it's not right. going to happen. These people haven't been educated enough to like, you know, their education comes from, you know, Dragon's Breath or whatever, like, you know, shop that they're going into. So you, you people are getting caught in this gray area and catching felonies for legal hemp products, legal D9, D8 hemp products. Hey, hey, let's be real. Are we really surprised the United States government is not, you know, with the times? Like the joke is they're still using floppy disks to back up data here, you know? So it's like they don't get it. The cool thing about American entrepreneurship and capitalism is we do have innovators and business owners that will outfox this government. And, and it's not about outfoxing, but we will create loopholes. We will establish legal pathways to do. And it's not that we're trying to break the law. It's that this is what this is what we do as American capitalists and entrepreneurs. The government sets the rules and the business owners do the absolute best they can to, you know, finesse in legal ways to get their products and services to market. And uh, again, I'm not saying I'm endorsing that. Like, I'm not a fan of the gray area. I like it to be really more black and white because you're dealing with, you know, patients. I mean, I get texts every day about, hey, where, you know, right now I got a family member that's, you know, sick and one of their families sick. Hey, where should I get edibles? They're nowhere near me. You know, they're like out in West Texas. Like I can't go, you know, give, give them some medicine. It's like, we'll go to this CBD store. Well, how do we know what they use? You know, how do we know? 
So we're trying, this isn't, again, it's like the consumer thing we've talked about, David. This isn't like a Coke and Pepsi where you know what you're going to get. Just because the label says cookies here doesn't mean it's cookies there. And uh, when you have somebody sick that needs pharmaceutical grade cannabis for medicinal purposes, you know, it's just, you know, you feel some type of way because this isn't some adult use stuff. This is somebody that's going through chemo. This is somebody that is having appetite problems and that's fighting cancer and you want to give them superior products. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't really have an, an end note to that. It's just frustrating because we're playing this legal hemp game. At least the medical program's opening up. It's you know, frustrating. It it's frustrating because medical program here, you know, I will say that especially with the, with the dry weight and the gummies and things, there is legal ways to get it going. My bad, Jesse, but we do. People say we don't have a medical program. Like we do. It's just pretty shitty. It's frustrating because like I went to the committee hearing in the house on the hemp bill and gave like two or three simple ways. It's like, these are ways we could actually work on this that aren't knee jerk reactions to things like Delta eight on the market. And like we mentioned about like having some lab standards, it's like let's let's put down some lab standards of what labs should look like. We need to have something that the consumer can look at and go, we know this. And they're like, nope, uh, uh-uh, we don't want we don't want that. And it's like, well, then why are you complaining about the variance in quality of product? Or let's start or let's start auditing some labs here and there to make oh sure to, to make sure we don't have people who are just falsifying reports. I mean, happening. One in particular in Austin I could think about. And, uh, you know, it's crazy. I remember that one hearing, they said, well, the industry needs to regulate itself better. Like, why would y'all even throw out rules if it's our job to self-regulation? Like, I didn't realize this was like Big Brother. Right. Where we get to vote it, wasn't, it wasn't our yeah. job. It, it wasn't, wasn't in our, our job. job. It was literally in the last bill that they would go, they were going to do this, and they didn't do this. Like, are they? what are they going to do? Appoint the traffic cop of the Texas cannabis industry? Like, what are we doing? You know, Loki, no. they don't have any again, money allocated to the hemp industry at all. Jesse and I were privy to this. Like, hey, they do not have of. any money for DSHS to handle the hemp industry. DPS doesn't isn't really like it's not their major concern. Their major concern is teacup. So, like, you know, it's uh, it, everything's fucking gray area right now because I'm, there's I'm no money those, invested yeah. in it. Well, I'm kind of one of those annoying person. I'm bitching how there's no regulation and people are breaking rules, specifically one lab in Austin. But then, I'm, but then, but then, hey, but hey, I'm not asking for my taxes to go up for more hemp regulation. Like, fuck all that. So, you want, you want you proper know, regulation. I want you just, proper regulation. You just want proper regulation in place to make sure the consumer is getting the right thing and that we can actually punish people who don't do the right thing. Right, right. Like, and I don't get it. Like, and I hate to use alcohol as the example, but like how many lessons do we need to learn about trying to prohibit alcohol and how to regulate alcohol and all of those things? How many lessons do we have to learn about that before we can kind of understand that you kind of treat, you know, cannabis in some kind of manner like that? I don't want to say exactly like alcohol, because obviously alcohol can kill you. If you drink enough alcohol, it can kill you. Cannabis has never killed anybody. First of all, second of all, you got to have to be careful with some of the, the psychoactive effects mm-hmm. that happen when people do consume it. All right. And there's an education aspect that comes along with that. But for the most part, we need to like, we got to figure out some way to regulate this right. in a similar fashion, as opposed to kind of, kind of regulating it, which not really. Well, and also heavily still criminalize support, it. support local business, go text. Like we're not going to buy weed from people that are, you know, the whole jewel thing where they're marketing it strawberry to kids and shit. Like we're not doing that. When you see, there are certain brands that do do that and they're not local 
they're not people you know. That's really all I got to say is they're not people you see at the shows. They're not people you see in the community. You know, they're usually have like a foreign corporation, if you really look into it, that are just, you know, obliterating our streets with all of their smokable products, which again, hey, that's what our market's here for. Uh, but we got to get better marketing. We got to, I mean, this is medicine for for folks. I like, I saw one of the panels that that uh, is at the AM conference event, March 5th. And uh, it's about, you know, parental rights and stuff. I got kind of a sneak peek and that's so big. You know, you had the Zartlers and Americans for Safe Access, uh, Texans for Safe Access on that CNN special. You know, you've got all these little like parental, like that's a big thing. Like parents need to know they're going to be taken care of if they go get a teacup license. There's just so much. It's just hilarious. I got to take a shot at it. We saw a get your booster campaign during the college football national championship last night, but we can't get a, hey, Texas cannabis is legal funding through the through the marketing budget through DPS. Like we can't put a PSA that, hey, this, this is legal, you know, because people don't even get that we have a medical program here. And the more people, I just don't get it. When is it okay to market government programs and when is it not? You know, and it's just, we're in some real weird times and, and, you know, we're society stakeholders here. And uh, as an event producer and somebody that's just been hanging around, I kind of uh, just bounce around different industry, different companies, different brands, and um, support only companies and, and initiatives I believe in. Uh, we still have time to get this right. Um, but, you know, I, I just, I'm not very actually hopeful how it's going to shake out for us. And I used to be so hopeful and what delusional optimism is what somebody could call it. Um, my sister calls it toxic positivity and I've got a little bit of that, but I just, this next session's huge. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't have the answers for exactly what policy points we have to do, but I just, I know they're big ones. And, uh, you know, I hope the lobby teams are in place and ready and also psilocybin here. You know, it's cool that the the psilocybin (laughs) task is for the veterans. Uh, you know, there's a psilocybin with veterans, the cannabis community quiet about it. I mean, it's, they're going to have legal psilocybin before we have legal cannabis in Texas if we don't get it together, which would be funny. Uh, you know, I'm probably uh, using hyperbole there, but, you know, it is what it is. Real quick. So I know we're about to, like, cut it, but, like, are you guys down for one, like, one more small segment? Because I want to talk about, I want to talk about green light events and events let's, coming let's up. Talk about, hey, it's, it's always a green light event. Austin, even when it's not ours, we pull up and say it is. So let's do it. <laughs> yes, are you okay with that? Yeah, so we will go into our next sponsor break, and we will be right back to talk about Greenlight events here on the Lone Star Collective Podcast, episode 21. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. We will be right back. Like, are you guys down for one, like one more small segment? Cause I want to talk about, I want to talk about green light events and events let's, coming let's up. About, hey, it's, it's always a green light event. Austin, even when it's not ours, we pull up and say it is. So let's do it. <laughs> yes, are you okay with that? Yeah. So we will go into our next sponsor break and we will be right back to talk about green light events here on the Lone Star Collective podcast, episode 21. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. We will be right back. Oak 
Cliff Cultivators is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and Lone Star Collective Podcast. Oaken Cliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flower pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta 8, and merch. For more information on their products, quality, or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. You know it would be cool if your business was mentioned on a podcast several times an episode. Well, you could have a slot right here on the Lone Star Collective just like the one I'm doing right now. Show your community that your business supports changes to social welfare regarding cannabis in Texas. Inform our audience that you are a supporter of independent journalism and the activism work we put in while informing them about your business. Let your customers know where you are located and what you offer the community. For more information on getting your business mentioned on Lone Star Collective, visit TexasCanaco.com. That's TXCanaco.com and click the contact tab. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective podcast, distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Austin Sam Hariri. Back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast, episode 21. I'm your host, Jesse Williams, joined by co-host Austin Zam Harari. This is the official podcast of the Texas Cannabis Collective, and we are joined by Greenlight Events, David Flores, and Dalton O'Neill. Let's get talking about Greenlight Events. What is Greenlight Events, Dalton? Or David? Oh, what's wrong? I still heard this. <laughs> uh, you know, the event situation... Uh, is uh it's always ongoing you know the events i i was still i was still dancing with the music in my head oh <laughs> he's had a rock and set this uh you just you like you a plus for the rocking set that you put together for a green light i appreciate it rock and set and you know i had to smoke my hemp here to get green light going here and you know green light it might be a good time to say a 15 second story about green light green light started as a meetup group our first meetup was july of 2018 so when people think, what is Greenlight? What is Greenlight? This was a meetup group that turned into an events company, uh, partnering with David uh, Flores, my co-founder over here with the audiovisual side. So Greenlight's always just been a service provider looking to serve the community when the community's ready. You know, we started this early. In order to have an events company, you have to have a lot of clients that have enough money to spend to throw real events. You know, we knew the market wasn't there. We're not trying to gouge our friends for always sponsorship cash. So Greenlight's kind of been set, setting idly a little bit. We would joke, David and I used to joke, we're going to put Greenlight in the garage for a little bit. We're going to bring it back out. We're going to put Greenlight back in the garage, bring it back out because it just, it, there's a, you can't just throw event after event after event. You see the same people. It's a, it's an echo chamber, eco chamber, whatever you say, where y'all see the same people and you got to reach new audiences. And really what Greenlight's goal with COVID and everything is start tapping into these New, these new other events that are already happening. 
um, you know, always cannabis. So like the Texas cannabis conference with Heather, that's a natural fit for us to work and try to produce an after party um, with that. It's like AM, that's a fit uh, for us. And obviously we have some other events, um, you know, like South by Southwest and stuff in the works, but it's really more so a vehicle for other people. We've learned the ins and outs of cannabis events in Texas. So, you know, we're not aggressively looking for clients, but before you go throw your first event, you know, we're happy just to get on the call and talk about what you want to do and uh, what your objectives are. Because if we could save you some time and some pain and some headaches along the way, we're happy to do that because it betters the industry. It uplifts the conversations. Uh, you know, it really uplifts the whole situation. But, you know, if your objectives don't align with ours, then it's a good idea not to try to hire us because um, we're not really, you know, we're not Greenlight Events is, David, what you used to say? This isn't the start, it's the finish. This is just something we do. What'd you say, David? Tap in, because you always have good perspective on what Greenlight's about. Oh, man. Uh, man, you know, we're just here to, we're a bridge, basically, you know, for a lot of people on the space. I mean, it, that's the biggest thing that I know that we've brought to the table for a lot of people um, in the events that we've thrown. We brought in different people who uh, didn't know anything about the space at all or just interested and put those people in contact with other lawyers and other producers and brands and things like that in space in the space. So, um, yeah, I think it's been a really good, valuable networking tool. Uh, in my opinion, that's the and, um, I think as we continue to move forward past this pandemic stuff, we'll probably be able to get back into things a little bit more personable because that's kind of what was really good about Greenlight Events is that you're really able to have those conversations pe with people that you otherwise wouldn't necessarily have those conversations with unless you had a neutral setting like that set up for everybody to be there. So we're the real working back here. You know, the real metaverse. I will say something I've gotten a little bit better at. We didn't really even understand what was happening, David. I remember we took so much advice from so many people after those first couple meetups because it was psycho. I mean, we, we literally went from 30 people to 80 people to like 120 people in three or four months. And it was like people were running up to say, how do you do gummies? How do you do this? What's the law? We're just laughing and saying we have no idea. Obviously, you know, we scale it back, build the community. Um, once people realized they couldn't get high there, I think they were pretty bored because honestly, I mean, green light events, events, I have fun at them. You know, it's fun historically, like, you know, pretty boring. You should come there to learn and meet people. You know, the happy hours. Oh, man, you guys, you're not giving yourself enough credit. Oh, my you guys, God. Really, you guys did some incredible, incredible stuff. I'm talking at tacos and tequila. I'm talking, I'm talking at the coffee shop. I'm talking, you know, a lot of the events that you guys put together in, in North Dallas. Oh, my God. And, and, and some of the things that I, I was privy to, like, you guys can talk a hum, humble game, but, like, you guys aren't where you are without putting in that sweat equity and that oh, street cred and, like, doing things that people weren't doing back in 2018. And I hate to say it because I felt like in 2018, 2019, we were pretty advanced and progressive on this issue. So, yeah, we we were, but a lot of people fell off. And that's something I'll yeah. touch on. You keep going. It's like well, people, COVID. Yeah. COVID happened in between all of that, which changed a lot of right. things, a lot of trajectories for people. But man, you guys did so much ground game stuff that like was legit for the community. And like, I'll tell you, but like 
I'll tell everybody that's listening, I got two stories. One is I met David in downtown Fort Worth at the, and I'm sorry, in the stock, the Fort Worth stockyards for a cannabis open carry event that was supposed to happen at the stockyards. And that's where I met David Flores. Um, and uh, we, <laughs> it was, it was kind of a unique situation. I was there to just kind of scope out the scene. And I think David was too, and uh, we both greeted, and uh, you know the rest is history. Dalton, I met you uh, because I, you had been following the collective for quite some time, and I saw your name everywhere, over here. yeah, everywhere. And then I met you at um, a town hall, a cannabis town hall in South Lake, Texas. Which, if y'all don't know where South Lake, Texas is, is the most like affluent area of DFW. So um, in South Lake, Texas, we I met him at a, it was a Democrat, believe it or not. So, um, you know, this is where I met these two guys was at people who were getting involved, wanted answers, had questions. Um, and I had been doing this since 2000, like 15, 2016. And so hooking up with you guys, you know, I, I, I've always been in the streets. You guys are like the creme de la creme of what this, what the history of what this industry that is emerging in Texas has to offer. Thanks, man. Thanks for saying that. Austin, man, wish I could hug you here. I'm thankful. You know, honestly, Austin, I didn't know better. All I learned how to do was throw events. You know, it's funny because I told that story, uh, you know, my mom would let us throw parties sometimes, you know, what terminally sick person don't want to go throw parties here. And it just translates in college. I love throwing parties. It made plenty of sense. And so like to transition after corporate work and, and like, uh, you know, just corporate America stuff to think, well, let's keep throwing parties. It was like instinctual, I think, to try to start bringing people together. And David was just a fit because David, from a technical standpoint, can do any audio visual setup. Like Greenlight really isn't just a cannabis meetup group. That's the face of it. But we'll Greenlight could close any deal. You got a real estate conference that needs audio visual. You need sound. Call me. We got the sound ready to go. <laughs> and that's what David's taught me. That was one of my first lessons about entrepreneurship too, is you can sell somebody else's service. So Greenlight, I mean, dude, we were forced to start the LLC. We were like, well, we need to put a hundred dollars down. That's when Dave and I realized like, oh shit, like, oh, okay. We're going to have to start an LLC. You, you can't, you can't have anybody else tell you what to do to be able to be successful in a space that is the wild wild west you know like we are the pioneers you guys are the pioneers of entrepreneurial spirit in the the, the cannabis space in texas and so that's you know uh also, there's a quote i gotta interrupt you there's a quote here about you know if we get to be giants you're standing on the shoulders of other of other people and uh, i think it's other men but you know it's uh got it. the, the music got me a type you know uh, <laughs> that was quick you got to help people, you know, along the way. Austin. We appreciate you. And, uh, Dave, we're going to see you soon, bro. Love you guys. Appreciate you, man. So y'all plug y'all's website. Where where can people find you online? Online, yeah, greenlighteventco.com. That's pretty solid. Uh, it's kind of, you know, co, just co.com. Greenlighteevents.com? Yeah, uh, greenlighteventco.com. Yes, sir. Greenlighteventco.com. Got it. Oh, yeah. Texas Cannabis TV on Instagram. Texas Cannabis TV on Instagram. Anything you want to add, David? Do what? I'm sorry? Anything you would like to add? Oh, man, just thanks again for having us on, man. And uh, hopefully uh, people found any 
any some kind of value in their conversation today. Love it. We thank y'all for joining us here on episode 21 of the Lone Star Collective podcast, the official podcast of the Texas Cannabis Collective. That's going to wrap it up. I'm Jesse Williams, the host, joined by co-host Austin Zamharari. Our guest this week was Dalton O'Neill and David Flores of Greenlight Events. We want to bid you guys a great evening and farewell. And good luck to everybody. Easy, brother. Adios. O'Neill and David Flores of Greenlight Events. We want to bid you guys a great evening and farewell. And good luck to everybody. Easy, brother. Adios. <laughs>